0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member of Hi, this
1: is Arnold Oners from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat.
2: All right, Buffalo Sabres are uh, going to snap a losing streak here tonight. Final minute of the third period. They're leading the Montreal Canadiens 7-2. Tash Thompson has scored his 13th of the season. Caulfield and Monaghan for Montreal starting in about an hour. It's the Rangers up against the Kings. The Oilers play tomorrow at the New York Islanders. It's on 6.30, Chad, with the face-off show at 4. The puck will drop at 5.30. World Cup tomorrow, Canada-Belgium. It is at noon. First game for Canada at the World Cup since their only other appearance, 1986. They played three matches then. They did not score a single goal we'll see how they do against a uh, very good belgium squad also a pretty uh, cool event coming up at century mile on thursday it is the uh, the national driving championship which to be honest with you is something i know a little bit about but not a ton about so to tell you all about it a guy who knows everything about it uh dave kelly is on the line dave you're on with reed welcome to inside sports how are you doing I'm pretty good. Read yourself? I am doing very well. It's nice to meet you over the phone. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, I, look, I could try to explain it, but you're living it. Uh, what is the National Driving Championship?
1: So, uh, kind of a background here. I, I race standardbred horses. And so every two years, there's a World Driving Championship to basically crown who the best driver is, like similar to a jockey and a thoroughbred, but we race with the sulkies behind the race behind the horses. And how Canada decides who they pick to send the world is they basically have a regional kind of a tournament, and then it goes into national. So eight or nine drivers compete in each region, uh, Western Canada, Ontario, Eastern Ontario, Quebec, and then the Maritimes. And then the top two from each region, Go on to nationals, and which is held here at Century Mile in Edmonton. And the top, two, yeah, top two from each region. And then we go in Thursday night. There's eight races. We drive a horse in each race from each different post position. And there's a point system, and whoever at the end of the night has the most points after those eight races gets to to don the Team Canada jersey.
2: <laughs> okay. Well, I'm glad you explained that format because I, I was thinking, okay it's it's a national championship but what if you have different caliber of horses along the way right like you know an inexperienced uh, an experienced driver with a blazing fast horse might still but you you're you got you gonna race all night <laughs> that is so it's the best of all those races then
1: yeah so it, it it all comes down to the driver more or less like it helps it's a lot of luck of the draw which horse you get kind of thing but you know we Basically, you don't get to pick your horse. So you, it's a random allotment through the regionals. So they just pull your name and you're driving this horse today. And it's completely random. And, you know, the best driver wins on that day. And then they kind of changed it up for nationals where they did a, a bit of a draft for us. So basically, each driver got to have a first pick in the eight races. And each driver ended up being an eighth pick. So you, just, you had different positions. To draft in each race and you drafted your horse and then like i say we have post positions so which post we leave on the gate we get to drive from each one to eight all different post positions so they tried to make it as evenly as you could possibly do and it comes down to the driver after that and hopefully hopefully we have lots of luck on thursday
2: okay now have you represented canada before I have not. Okay. This is, this is my first time in national, so it's pretty exciting. All right. sorry, where's the
1: world racing going to be again? Uh, so, Worlds is held over three countries. It's next oh, August. <laughs> where it starts, yeah, it starts in Germany. You race in Germany for two days, I believe it is. Uh, and then you race in Belgium and then the Netherlands.
2: So oh, wow! Get to, you get to travel around <laughs> and see a little bit of everything there. This is quite the ordeal. Like this is, uh, I mean, man, this it's uh, a, a test of skill and endurance and and all that kind of stuff, which is pretty cool. Okay, so you're going to be doing this at Century Mile on Thursday. I, I want to get to know you uh, you a little bit too, Dave. Uh, I understand you're having a pretty big season. Like, is this the is this the best season you've ever had when it comes to wins?
1: Yeah, by far, like. So last year, well, the last couple of years with COVID kind of shutting us down and stuff like that, and then last year I had an accident and broke my arm. So I only really – I had 90 wins last year, and I kind of only raced for five months of the year, which really slows things down. But this year here I've hit my goal of 200, and hopefully, well, after tomorrow or Thursday night we have a couple more.
2: Okay. Uh, well, that's really cool stuff. want to Tell me a little bit about yourself. Where, where did you grow up, and were you always – you know, sort of around horses, interested in horses, racing horses. Tell me about that. So I'm a transplant
1: for Alberta. I grew up in Nova Scotia and Cape Breton Island. Um, I grew up basically at the track. Like, both of my grandfathers raced, my dad's. My brother is actually one of the top drivers in Ontario. He finished third in his regionals to try to come out to nationals, and we were hoping it would be kind of a cool thing that both of us would have get in, but, you know, maybe, maybe next time. <laughs> But, yeah, so we, like, I grew up with it where I had horses around me all the time, and and it was never really a a goal to do this full time. I I went to university, I did my degree, and I came out here for oil and gas, and that eventually slowed down, and I got laid off, and I'm not one to sit around and do nothing. So after a couple weeks of sitting around, I had a guy approach me about possibly training some horses, and so I went to work. Trained the horses for them and then kind of picked up some more clients as we went along and now I've got a barn of 31 that I look after myself and then I also drive for other people as well. What do you like
2: most about driving?
1: I don't think there's a bigger adrenaline rush than taking a 1,200-pound animal and feeling it shift gears. Like, you can change gears in a car and stuff like that. and You you know, you drop down to fourth or whatever else, and you can feel that suction back into the seat. It's cool and everything. But when you have a 1,200-pound animal pull you into the seat like that, I don't think there's an adrenaline rush out there that's, that's
2: much cooler than that. Yeah. That's uh, Sorry, how long have you been, have you been driving competitively now?
1: um i started in 2010 and i was just kind of part-time because in nova scotia like the money is not that great for racing so it's more or less a hobby like it's like you having an atv or a snowmobile or jet ski you go out on the weekend we'd race our horse instead of going to the lake or whatever else right so like i raced a couple summers and then i started racing out here in 20 i guess the end of 2014 and then it turned into a full-time thing 2015 and no looking back since
2: well uh, that's awesome I, I i mean i can hear the the passion you have for it and how excited you are to be in the national driving championship so like do you have like are you guys still kind of buddies or are you rivals or is it like you got to put friendships on hold for thursday night how does it work with all you guys
1: i think it's kind of it's like any sport like there's that mutual respect that you have for those guys like i'm um, I'm up against seven of the most talented drivers in Canada, and, you know, those guys are A-class. They're top-notch athletes, and you you have that respect, but at the same time, when the gate folds and the race starts, then, you know, that that friendship and everything else goes aside, and
2: you go to work. Okay. Uh, Well, that's awesome. Okay, so Thursday post-time is at 6.15, and you said you guys are doing eight races? Eight races, yeah, and it's still normal for if people want to go and watch and wager, or they can wager online. up. Yeah. that still all works the same, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is uh, this is fun. I got to keep an eye, I keep an eye on this. Do and um, do we have? I think like so. You live in Alberta now. I think there's another Albertan in it as well, isn't there?
1: Yeah. There's myself and Mike Hennessy. Mike was the guy that actually won the regional driving championship. He won regionals, and you know, Mike's been having a heck of a last month. Kinda started off the year slow but everything's everything's coming up Mike Hennessy right now and you know, we're we're really good buddies, so hopefully if it's not me, hopefully it's him.
2: Okay, right on. Dave, well, all the best on Thursday. National Driving Championship at Century Mile, post-time 6.15. Uh, you're going up against seven of the uh, other best guys in the country to, to represent Canada at Worlds. Thanks for explaining this and telling, uh, telling your story as well. Really, really cool. All the best, and hopefully we can talk again. Awesome. Thanks, Reed. That is Dave Kelly checking in going to be rolling in the National Driving Championship at Century Mile on Thursday. That is cool. I did not know a lot about uh, that event, thanks to uh, Jeff uh, Robillard with the the horses and uh, letting us know about that and and helping us uh, where Jeff with Horse Racing Alberta helping us set up that interview. Really, really cool stuff. Neat story with Dave. I think you could hear his uh, passion. Hopefully he goes and grabs the title there on Thursday night. World Cup time. How's little old Canada going to do? inside sports with
0: reed wilkins is brought to you by james h brown and associates alberta injury lawyers go to jameshbrown.com all
2: right it's a final in montreal sabers ring up the canadians seven two uh buffalo what i think they got eight games without a win so they get back into the uh win column there and uh the canadians take the loss all right uh canada tomorrow world cup oh all right i'm so happy to have steve sandor on the show to discuss steve it's reed how are you doing Yeah, i'm doing good thanks for making time for me to, to hop on tonight uh this is i i mean look uh I'll just start with the softball question, but I think it's worth asking. How excited are you <laughs> for tomorrow?
0: <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be tough to sleep tonight, I think. Um, you know, I didn't think it was going to be, but now it's starting to hit and it's starting to feel like, you know, a kid at Christmas where it's like it's going to be hard to convince me to get to bed tonight, um, even though there's probably other games on before and I've got work to get done in the morning. So it's like, yeah, I need to sort of not be as excited but i think you know it's 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 uh it's been a long time coming and for, for a lot of people who fall canadian soccer for a long time and and have suffered you know numerous times to you know be playing the number two ranked team in the world tomorrow to you know wow here 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 again you know it, it's real
2: well I- and i'm quite i mean not to be i'm not being argumentative but i think even like you you follow it closely a lot of people i mean i got van deist on my show all the time but even for casual sports fans in canada for the last 30 years you say well what do you know about our men's soccer team the answer would just be well not good enough disappointing right so i think you know, a lot of people were disappointed yeah. even if they weren't as invested at it in your opinion what got us over the hump here? Because we didn't squeak in. I mean, we finished first in CONCACAF. What changed in the last cycle or two?
0: Well, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's actually, you can't really say much has changed unless Canada starts getting there regularly. I mean, a lot of countries will get there or have a generation where you just happen to have two or three special players who happen to be born around the same time and who happen to be really good. And then they can propel your country, and, you know, we see this a lot in in, in soccer where a country is good for four, eight years, and then they fade back and they go back. So we can't really say it's the program until it becomes a regular thing for Canada to qualify out of CONCACAF and qualify strongly as they did by winning the CONCACAF qualification group um you know i think there's a lot of pieces in place i know our our youth development system has gotten a lot better um we have professional soccer in canada um we have major league soccer teams uh, in vancouver toronto and montreal we have the canadian premier league teams uh here um well unfortunately not in edmonton anymore but that's another thing um but we have canadian premier league teams across the country where kids now see a pathway and because of the success of some players European teams are now opening their doors to Canadians and giving them the opportunities where it used to be so hard for a Canadian to latch on um, and really get seriously looked at by a, by a big European club. And now, you know, it's just as amazing as it is that Canada's in the World Cup when you start saying, hey, we have, you know, players playing at Porto and at Bayern Munich and at Lille in the French League and playing in the Turkish League and playing in, in top leagues around the world. That it's not just, uh, you know, it's not like 1986 where it was a bunch of hard-working lunch pail guys, a lot of them who played soccer part-time, who somehow got to the World Cup. This is a team based on, you know, with high-level professionals, with high expectations, and, and, you know, one of the best coaches in the world, John Hurtman, and I really believe that. I mean, he's a master motivator, and if you've ever been around John and understand how he uses philosophy, Viktor Frankl's philosophy, which is a big thing with him, um, bringing in other voices like he did in Edmonton last year in call- qualification, we brought Phil Jackson. The, the basketball, legendary basketball coach to talk to the team about not you know backing down from big occasions. Uh, there's a whole mix of things, but whether this is a flash in the pan for 2022 22 and 26, we'll have to see. You know, when it's 2030 and 2034 and Canada's still qualifying for World Cups, then we can say it's the program. Right now, we just enjoy it for what it is.
2: Okay, yeah, good answer. Um, okay, tomorrow's game um give people who are casual soccer viewers or or maybe they're only going to watch the canadian games at the world cup and then the playoffs give me like a, a position set a player a tactic like something that you think the game might boil down to for somebody maybe who doesn't watch a lot
0: well, I think I think, uh, I think for, for anyone who's not a, a big fan of the game, Belgium is one of the top teams in the world. And the reason the reason they're uh, one of the favorite countries to win this World Cup is because of their attacking midfielder, Kevin De Bruyne, who plays Manchester City, is one of the best, if not the best, at his position in the world. And he's going to be key to everything that the Belgians do. Whether What he does is going to depend... A lot on a player named Stephen, or, uh, or sorry, Stephanie Stacquio, uh who plays at Porto uh, from Leamington, Ontario, the tomato capital of Canada. Um, who plays has played in Portugal for a long time, and uh, you know we can talk about Alfonso Davies and we can talk about his health and what have you, uh, but. I talk about the matchup that I think to watch for in the middle of the park will be that matchup between De Bruyne and Nestaquio because I think that's going to be key. If they can slow De Bruyne down, I think that'll be key. And I think it's important. I think a lot of these European teams, unlike other World Cups, because this is a November-December World Cup, they're coming right out of their seasons. There isn't long training camps. There hasn't been like a long preparation time. They were playing league football last week. Um, you know it's it's a crazy schedule and some teams have you know hit the ground running and some teams have kind of looked their players are tired and yet they haven't played together very well like Argentina this morning so I think you take the chance that Belgium might take a little while to get going I think you jump on them early I think you attack them early I think you try to push something and you try to get get something early in the game like Australia did against France that didn't work so well because they couldn't hold that lead but I think that's that's the way forward. But I think the eustaquio De Bruyne matchup is going to be huge for Canada tomorrow. All
2: right, you sound and, and I talked to somebody else today, and he said I, he, he predicted that Canada is going to earn a draw. Like you're, yet I sense the same thing for you. Like if you look at the ranks, and it's a mismatch. But I, I feel like you're saying like, hey, Canada, there's there's you're going to be watching this game into the 90th minute and and injury time.
0: Well, I hope I hope that to be true because I mean if that, um I, I, I think that Canada has to go in with the attitude they've got nothing to lose now. Right. I mean, I mean, they're in a very, very difficult group. They didn't get as, as, as nice a draw as the United States or Mexico did coming out of their region. Um, they have two absolute world powers in their group, um, two teams that would surprise no one if they were at the World Cup final on, in, in the middle of December, which is Croatia and, and Belgium. So... um that's that's a tough ask but i think you have to go in with the attitude we got nothing to lose nobody in the world no one watching tomorrow's game no one turning a game on in london or in tokyo or in nairobi no matter where in the world they're turning this game on outside of canada is going to expect this canadian team to do anything but get their butts kicked right. <laughs> so 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 you have nothing to, to lose and i think they, i think that gives them a bit of freedom like, like, if they lose to Belgium, everyone's going to be okay. Well, that's what was expected. Um, I, I, so I, I don't think uh, maybe, you know, you, you want to use the reverse psychology and say all the pressure's on Belgium because they're the ones that are expected to, like, be up 3-0 within 20 minutes. Um, but I, I don't think it's... Uh, Uh, i i think i I think it might be a bigger challenge sometimes the bigger teams have have a bit of problems with that pressure when it's supposed to be a pushover game and i and i think you know the canadians will look at at the saudi arabian victory over argentina today and say like it can happen why not us
2: okay why not us steve Steve, i'm in the final minute of the show so I, i hope you can answer this in about 20 seconds sure how big an upset is saudi arabia over argentina
0: I'd probably rank it as second or third biggest. I, I, if it like was ever yeah, in the World games, Cup, I'd say I'd say second or third. There's others because they were elimination games that I would say are bigger and had a bigger impact down the road. Uh, you know, but I still think uh, you know. I, but I think in terms of opening round, like wow, to have Messi's company out beat by the Saudi Arabians,
2: that was a shocker. Steve, this is great. We'll have to talk again during the tournament, man. Thank you so much for popping on tonight. Thanks for having me on, Steve Sandor. Getting you ready for Canada, Belgium, noon tomorrow. Oilers, Islanders, four o'clock face-off show. Game at five thirty here at six thirty shed and of course Oilers now from noon to two. Dave Campbell's the producer of Inside Sports. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.